Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you from Flowood Recording Studios with Caleb. And today we're going to talk about uh, pain. It's uh, We talked about it plenty of times on the podcast before, um, but it's just such an important topic to discuss when it comes to training specifically, because if you start training and do any type of training routine for any amount of time, you're eventually going to deal with some form of pain. And um, it can be uh, really scary if you don't really understand what that pain actually is and um, how to attack it. So we're going to kind of go into to depth a little bit on uh, uh, how to tell the difference between pain and injury and uh, basically what, we're, what pain is uh, trying to tell your body when, when, it, when it flares up. Anytime we hear pain, we want to make sure and help people understand that like our job, I think as coaches is to empathize with people and you know as we start the conversation pain is something that is different for everybody based on your life experience period and all pain is important if someone says they're in pain and it's important to acknowledge it what we hope to do like you said is just kind of clear the air a little bit on what are some things if i define pain or if i have some sort of pain what is what should my thought process be in trying to get to the next solution and what should i do because that's what's frustrating about pain is not knowing the unknown of is this going to last forever am i going to be stuck in pain that's what scares people and that's what people especially if you love the gym you don't want to be in pain because pain takes away the thing that you enjoy the most about your day and the thing you most look forward to. And so that's why it's so important that we have this topic uh, at the forefront of conversation in the gym, because pain is not, it does not mean something is wrong um, with what you're doing. It means we're human, you know, and it means that uh, like we're talking about today, it means your body's trying to tell you something. What is it trying to tell you? That's what we hope to help clear. That's, that's good. You said let's define pain. And I think that's a good place to start and um, just kind of talk about the difference between pain and injury. And so, uh, injury would be, there's a cute point in time that something happened. Um, you fell and hear a pop, um, uh, you're, you're playing sports and your ankle gets turned and all of a sudden there's just a significant amount of pain. Um, that is a injury that happens and that is going to be something completely different that we're not talking about today. That is when in a lot of cases, you're going to have to go see a, a medical professional, uh, possibly get surgery, um, or do extended period of, of physical therapy, uh, to get back into, uh, where you're, uh, where you were beforehand. Um, so you can think of injury as I was doing something, something happened and uh, I felt something immediately. And then I was in a lot of pain right after that. That's typically when it, what an injury is going to be pain. On the other hand is something that, um, a lot of times people will say I slept on, uh, my shoulder wrong and I woke up and my shoulder was hurting, or I can't really pinpoint the time when it started hurting, but it's just been kind of bothering me for a while. And it's, 
you know, there's lots of different levels of pain. Everybody has different pain tolerances. It could be a two on, on a scale of one to 10 for somebody and a seven on a, on a scale for somebody else. Um, but what it is, and I, I made a post about this not too long ago, is it's like a your, your car's check engine light. It's like your body trying to get your attention and tell you something um, is, is not going quite right. And so um, if you think about if I warm up, it gets better. Um, if I can't remember when exactly it happened or it just kind of flared up or I woke up and it was kind of bothering me, um, it kind of bothers me some days, other days it's not. That's, that's the pain we are talking about. And, um, like I said, it's like your body just trying to get your attention. It's not something to freak out about. It is something to do some problem solving with and, and trying to figure out, uh, what's going on here. One of my favorite shows in the world was, uh, house. I remember I really, I got into it when I was in high school and then I think in college, like different summers when we just binge watch TV all summer, I remember watching that show. And one of the fun things was about the show was you just never, it was always going to be some rare, just wild out there diagnosis for the person. And that's what made it fun for us. I think what we're trying to help, help, uh, people understand is that of course, we don't know for sure the exact cause of pain um, in this sense, but the likelihood that we've got some rare, crazy, traumatic injury when you've got the same pain that it, we see very common is unlikely. And so if we can identify the most common things, and so what we're trying to do is not diagnose your shoulder pain, but we're trying to help help people understand that pain sometimes in the shoulder, especially in in this type of activity, is is um, not something to be devastated by it just is something that gives you information and when we can separate the physical pain from um, that fear I think all of a sudden then we can start to use the information that we see and we've collected a lot of data and we have conversations amongst our staff and we talk about injuries that we're seeing or pains that we're seeing more frequently we even adjust our programming when we acknowledge hey we're doing a lot of jumping we're seeing a bunch of calf calf strains um, and you know all right let's add in two extra calf stretches let's add in some calf smashing on the kettlebell um, so what we're trying to do is help just I think understand that the it's you're probably not the house example you know it's probably something that's very common that someone right beside you has also dealt with and so if we can identify that it starts to give you some action steps and places to look yeah that's really good and and just being you know aware that most people who have trained for a significant amount of time have dealt with various form of pain probably a lot of different types of them and um helping um we try to help our members understand that what you're going through is not unique, that we've seen it lots before and we can help you get out of it very, very quickly. The, the first step um, is to understand that it's not um, something that is probably going to require surgery or is, is really needs to freak out about. It's something, but it's something that needs to be addressed as quickly as possible because if left unattended for a long period of time, it can become um, something bigger. So yeah, we, we kind of define the, the type of pain we're talking about here. So um, once we've figured out that's what's going on, somebody says, I'm, my shoulders bother me or my back is bothering me or my knee is bothering me. Typically, uh, the next step will be to go through kind of a, a, um, a triage session, trying to figure out exactly what might be going on. Just like if you take your car to the mechanic and the check engine lights on, they're going to start running some tests on different parts of the car to figure out what's going on. The same thing goes for, uh, 
when we are working with our members, it's uh, let's start running a few tests and kind of see what's going on. And so the, it, it always starts with, okay, when did it start hurting? Um, and what were you doing right before it started hurting? Or what were you doing the day before? Um, kind of figuring that out, what m particular movements hurt. And from that, we can kind of really start to figure out m what, what might be going on, which muscles might be um, under-recovered, a little overworked, and uh, maybe are a little bit angry and need, need some, some attention. So we can take the shoulder, for example, say uh, somebody says, well, I did uh, some pull-ups the day before, and now my shoulder's hurting, and it hurts when I uh, pick my arm up in, the, in a 90-degree angle and, and pull in that direction or, deep, or when I'm in the front rack position. So then we can understand, well, when the lats are getting stretched a little bit, um, it's causing the shoulder pain. So we can probably start uh, messing around with the lat and figure out where on the lat the, the issue lies. So it's typically um, what movement were you doing before it started hurting? What movement um, are you doing when it hurts? And then really kind of uh, backtracking to determine what muscle might be causing that. Um, so that's pretty much the, uh, the, the, the diagnosis part of um, trying to figure out what what might typically be causing the pain? Well, one thing I like to start with is asking a little bit about things that go on outside the gym because that's the one place we don't get to see. And so if someone, you know, is having some low back pain and, uh, you know, they deadlift or they go through and do some kettlebell swings and it starts to get really tight and their back starts to hurt. Well, it may be helpful to know that they drove to Memphis and back uh, that morning and came in and did the workout after sitting in the car for six and a half, seven hours that day. Uh, probably didn't have as much water because they wouldn't want to have to keep stopping over and over again. Um, and so they may be a little dehydrated. Uh, again, they may just be tight from sitting at a desk or sitting in the car. And so those kinds of things are very helpful. Again, like you said, the sleeping thing. I know that when you use your muscles and they're they're fatigued and then you go home and lay on your side and sleep, it's very likely that your shoulder is going to be pretty tight because you just tightened it up and just held it for eight straight hours uh, while you were sleeping. So it's also good to add into that, like asking a little bit about what you do outside of the gym because you're, you're there for 23 hours and you're in the gym for one hour. So those oftentimes can be, you know, can, that, that can be very helpful for understanding um, the body and what your body's doing for multiple hours throughout the day. Yeah, so once we've kind of gone through that diagnosis process and tried to figure out um, what might be happening, uh, kind of the, the path forward that I like to think about is first, number one, the number one goal is to, to get uh, the client out of pain. And so typically what that's going to be is some soft tissue work three to five times a day, um, really focusing on the area that uh, really needs a lot of work. So um, it, in the shoulder example that I gave a minute ago, the lat's bothering them. So I'm going to have them start working on the lat um, right behind the armpit with a lacrosse ball and then adding in some lat stretches. So really trying to stretch that out. So I always try to give the analogy of the rubber band analogy. So if you're, if you think of your muscle as a rubber band, as, a, as the rubber band gets tighter and tighter, whatever that rubber band is attached to is going to start causing more and more friction and that's that's what happens when our, our say our lat starts getting tighter and tighter it starts causing friction at at different insertion points which a lot of times is the shoulder and it causes pain and so we first we need to to buy ourselves some slack by working on that particular lat and typically you'll know when you're on the right spot because it is a lot more tender than any other part of the body so 
the first step would be getting out of pain um, because if we are in pain and we don't do anything about it, what's going to happen is our body's going to start overcompensating. We're going to overuse certain muscles. Uh, we're going to find a different way to perform a movement. And then we have the potential to, to hurt something else worse because we're overdoing uh, it on that muscle and overcompensating in that way. And also, um, our body, we're not going to be able to make a whole lot of progress while our body is uh, trying to get out of pain. If we're in pain, we're at best going to be maintaining, but probably going to be losing muscle mass, losing some, some range of motion, losing some progress that we, we got. So the first step is always prioritize getting out of that pain. And I, I like to do that with, with the soft tissue work. Um, and then after that, it's trying to prevent it from happening down the road. And that comes with the, the increased flexibility and mobility so that we can be able to use the bigger muscles correctly. Um, and disperse that force over more muscle mass than over the smaller muscle mass that was doing it previously. And also doing some strengthening, uh, corrective exercise to build those smaller, those muscles that are not getting worked as well. So, so many times people are missing range of motion. And so they're not able to use, you know, the big, in, in that example, the big lat muscle that we really need to be able to use to do the pull up. They're using the teres, the, the much smaller muscle that's right above the lat to do a lot of the pulling, which gets overworked very easily. And so we want to increase that range of motion so that we can access more muscle mass and disperse that force. And that's going to improve our uh, performance. And it's also going to keep us from, from getting injured. So the three-step process I think about is, number one, get out of pain with the soft tissue work. Number two, improve the range of motion at the, uh, at the joints and the muscles around that uh, where the, the injury occurred. And number three, or I'm, I'm sorry, the pain occurred. And then number three would be to strengthen up the muscles that are underdeveloped that haven't been able to use so that uh, your body will start be able to perform movements better and more efficiently. You know, you talk about the, those steps and, you know, being mindful that those steps are not overnight steps. You know, the first one is we tell people, give it four days of, you know, spending soft, doing soft tissue work three times a day, um, three, four or five times a day, if you can. Three times a day is ideal. Uh, but that's still three to five days long process. And then you talk about like building mobility. Well, a lot of people, you know, say they're working on mobility, but if you truly do work on mobility, that can still take weeks. Um, it could take months in some cases and then strengthening certain movements it's like, or certain body parts. Uh, say, you know, we just talk about the lats. It's like trying to strengthen the lats. Well, that can be, you know, years long process and that can be overwhelming. Um, but when you, when you work on those things, what's most important is that you do it consistently because that's when you actually are going to see that progress from months or from years, years to potentially weeks, you know, six to eight weeks, a strength cycle you think about, you can make significant improvement. So don't think that, you know, a lot of people, we talk about mobility is this lifelong goal and that absolutely is the case, but you know, trying to improve your shoulder mobility or the, your posture, keeping your shoulders down and back. Uh, those are things that it, it's important to not just chalk up to, oh, I'm just, I'm not a mobile person. I'm tight. But it's something that if you do consistently, you'd be surprised at how quickly you can chip into it. But still recognize that it's not days. It's not weeks. It, it could be, you know, it could be a couple months of a, a long process. During that time is what I want to talk about because that's what's, I, you know, at the forefront of people's mind is I don't want to miss tomorrow's workout 
tomorrow's workout looks fun. And one of the things we've tried really hard to do is build a culture where people do feel comfortable coming to the gym, still getting 100% of the experience that you came to the gym for while being able to modify the workout to uh, not be in pain and to work around some of those movements that you know are potentially going to cause it to flare right back up. And so especially when you're in that stage of reducing inflammation and getting out of pain, it is, it is not important that you do the exact movement as it's written. Hunter writes the movement. He's not God. He's not telling you this is the only movement that you need to do in this chipper to get fit. You could... You could, train, you could move any of these movements and find a replacement that is very similar in the stimulus of what you're, what you're attempting to do for that day, get a great workout, and not stress the shoulder the same way that if you did the workout exactly as it's written. And we have a culture where it's perfectly acceptable and normal for people to come in and say, hey, I'm listening to my body today. I want to avoid this pain. I'm trying to work on this, so I'm going to just change this movement a little bit so I can have a great workout. I can laugh. I can enjoy time with my friends, get some blood flow, build some muscle in other areas, and I can do a shoulder press in, in a couple weeks, or I can do this movement, I can do pull-ups again in a couple weeks, but I'm going to take some time away from it. So don't be afraid to find a no-pain option. At the end of the day, most people are in the gym, and we're getting the intensity, and we're getting the stimulus of your heart rate, and just moving with some intensity, and there are, there are 90 movements you can do in the gym, and I promise your coach is going to be happy to find one that is pain-free for you. Yeah, that's really good. The uh, Yeah, Speaking of the coaches specifically, that is their job is to help you find something that you can do. So if you're in pain, uh, a lot of times people will say that they don't want to be a hindrance or a bother or, uh, to the coach. And it's the complete opposite. That That is what the coach is there for. And that's what the coach enjoys is being able to help people find a workout that's for them. But, you know, protecting the habit is so much more important than what you actually do when you go into the gym. So um, I've, I've been having this conversation with a lot of different people recently, and it is so easy to fall out of the habit for a couple weeks and so hard to get back um, into it once you have lost it. And so for our members, we encourage them to come to the gym, even if you can't do a particular movement, because we know that if they stop coming for a couple weeks, it's going to be so much harder for them to, to get back into the habit and get back into the routine. And we'll see people that two weeks turns into two months, turns into eight months, just like, just like that. And next thing you know, they feel like they're having to start all over and they're so, uh, dreading coming back into it because they realize how, how far gone their fitness is gone in such a short period of time. And so being able to preserve that habit to me is the most important thing and going into the gym and doing something, um, even when you can't do the workout as it is written on the board is so much more important than being able to do the workout as it's written on the board. Because like you said, there's lots of different variations of the workout, but there's, you can still get a great workout if you're modifying the workout in some way. If you are um, using a different weight, if you're completely avoiding a certain body part for a certain amount of time, you can still go. But what is important is that you preserve that habit because say you have, um, you're having some shoulder pain and you just decide to take a couple weeks off and let it heal up. Well, in a couple weeks, maybe your shoulder's going to be feeling better, but then you're going to be thinking, gosh, I haven't worked out in a couple of weeks. Coming back is going to be really hard. And you have to break that inertia of, of not going to the gym when it was so much easier for you to go to the, go to the gym the previous two weeks because you had that habit developed. It is, it's, it's a matter of just finding a goal. If you can find a goal 
that obviously you're not going to be able to put your score in as prescribed. So the leaderboard, it's out. We got to find something else. And the people that struggle the most are people that identify themselves with their performance on the leaderboard. And when you do that, you end up saying, oh man, I can't do this workout as prescribed. I got to do it scaled. Now I've lost all my identity around fitness. And that's why it's so important for longevity to have a goal that's specific to you individually that isn't dependent on other people. And so when you find a goal that's intrinsic, when you find a goal that um, has to do with, for a lot of people, body composition, that's a great one because you can, you can find a body part to work that you're gonna come out of that injury and you're gonna be better off than when you went into the injury. And oftentimes that can give you that focus. Um, so for a lot of people, we had someone who had some running back running background, had torn his knee up, meniscus finally gave out on this extremely long trail run and had to have meniscus surgery. Comes in the gym, found the ski erg, finds that that is a really challenging movement because the rower is a pull and the bike, obviously you're using a lot of your legs and that push, but that tricep extension was just so challenging. Got on the ski erg and felt like he'd never worked out before. Well, now three weeks later, that's a strength for him. It'll probably be a strength for him forever because mentally he's gotten a lot of practice at that movement. And so it's fun for him to come back even just a couple, two weeks after surgery and having a big knee brace and a big scar and a swollen knee to sit on a box and do the ski erg, found a way to try to get better at a, uh, an activity that is going to still lead to and still keep him from adding body weight. You know, so still leave him feeling good when he gets home at the end of the day, getting that sweat, getting some blood flow. And so for, for most people, it's, it's as simple as trying to find another goal, giving yourself something to work on to where you feel like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym today and I'm going to feel accomplished. Because when you start changing things, it can be really hard to find a why, especially if you find that you're, uh, your why was your performance and and when you have to change something now you can't measure it with everybody else so an intrinsic goal is is crucial to not only longevity but especially dealing with some sort of pain um, and when you do that then you're confident to on the front end when you first start to feel that pain say you know what I'm going to take a couple days and just like I'm not going to aggravate this I'm going to spend some time on the lacrosse ball and really try to get this uh, get this muscle loosened up before it adds that's really good because when we we talk about the identity and we always are trying to encourage people and celebrate the uh, attendance and the consistency um, over the the performance of the day. And we, we definitely want to celebrate people making PRs and getting faster on workouts. All that stuff is really awesome. But we know that over the long term, that will not always be um, attainable. You're not always going to be making progress. And so if you're only relying on the progress you make in the gym as motivation to come to the gym, eventually you're going to get to the point where that you're going to run out of motivation and you're not going to want to go to the gym anymore. And so if we can celebrate the consistency and that's why we highlight, uh, people, people's attendance consistency month to month. And then we have the, uh, a milestone rewards that, that people will have and, They'll have a thousand workout shirts or 1500 workout shirts or 2000 workout shirts. And to me, that is so, such an awesome thing for people to see that, um, if I stick with something for a long period of time, this, I can become the type of person that shows up to the gym, no matter what season of life I am, whether I'm setting a PR or not, whether I am doing the workout as it's written or modifying all that stuff is secondary to just doing it day in and day out, week in and week out. Uh, year in year out and and we really try to encourage all of our members to really try to identify more towards the consistency and showing up and I'm the I'm a health and healthy healthy and fit person and this is just what I do as opposed to I'm the person that wins 
the workouts with the barbells. And if I can't win the workout with the barbells, then why do I even come, you know? And so that's, that's something that it's so hard and some, something we've all struggled with, but it's something we really try to encourage our members to be able to, to, to think about and understand because it's what's going to keep them coming back for years on end and be able to, you know, have the life that they really want um, in the health and fitness aspect. The frequency of injury too is often, it's often a myth. Uh, and I, I know we're talking about pain more so than injury and pain, you know, being a way for your body to get your attention and say, Hey, we need to work on this. But one of the aspects of being a fit person is also knowing how to take care of your body when you do have pain, because there's, there's oftentimes a myth that, that no one's going to, you should not ever be in pain, but what we're doing is we're, we're literally like pushing your body a little bit uh, more than it's comfortable at so that it can adapt and so that it can create a new stimulus. And when you do that, like, of course, we're going to have a lot of factors that make us inconsistent. So if you go in and squat every single day, 365 days a year, well, your sleep, what you eat, uh, your stress level, all those things, even if you have the perfect squat, it's going to change the way your body responds and there's a chance you could get injured. Uh, and so no one's a robot. Everyone is susceptible to the, uh, to the ebbs and flows of life and the things that make us more prone for injury. Sleep being a huge one of the biggest of all of those. Actually, we talked about that in the last couple of podcasts, but for most people, it's just a matter of recognizing that this is a normal part of being a fit person is, uh, is, creating an opportunity for your body to adapt. And naturally there's going to be some risk involved in that. What we found is that we've, we've, I think identified a great system of a 60 minute exercise routine that covers so many of the bases to where that is very unlikely and that it happens less and less. And we learn from it every year. Some of the things that we see that are the most injury prone is just going out and running. And oftentimes if you, so this is just kind of a side note. If you are doing things beyond just the 60 minute class where we've got mobility on the front end and the back end. We've got two different warmups for that. Uh, oftentimes it can put you in a more susceptible place for injury. And I think that uh, jogging is the most, uh, is the most dangerous in that regard. Um, I think studies show that over 50% of casual joggers are injured every single year. So if you have a group of, you know, we have classes of 12 to 20 people, you know, and if every day, you know, four days a week, people got together and jogged over 50% would be injured through the year. And, um, so the reason is just because again, there's not taking that time to do all the little things around it. And so for us, those are some of the things Hunter, I know you maybe can talk about what are some of the things that people are doing day in and day out that are actually preventing injury. They may not even know they're preventing injury every day. So, uh, you talking about in, yeah, in the class setting? Yeah. In the class setting. So, um, what are those things that you need to make sure and keep if you are exercising? Every, everything in the, in the class is designed number one, to keep people from getting injured because we know that's the, the biggest issue with over a long period of time. If with an exercise program is people getting hurt and if they get hurt, they're not going to be able to come and they're going to leave. And so that's something that we have been obsessed with is finding ways to more and more help people to make progress without getting hurt. Um, and that starts with the mobility at the beginning of class. We do soft tissue work. We do lacrosse ball work a lot uh, on the specific areas that we know people struggle with. Most everyone is the same in the, in the regard of that they sit a lot of time. And so their hips 
are going to be tight and their shoulders are going to be tight and their ankles are going to be tight. And so being able to work on those specific areas and knowing what is going to help just about everybody, um, be able to have more range of motion and stay healthier is something that we put in every single day at the beginning of class. And there's also, you know, an extensive warm up, like you mentioned, which a lot of people don't take the warm up serious, but it's something that's so important for longevity and health and being able to stay injury free. And then the cool down at the end, you know, not just finishing the workout and heading to your car and headed home. Like the cool down stretch is a way for us to stretch our muscles back out and, and, uh, jumpstart the recovery process so that we can start feeling uh, a little bit better the following day. All that stuff is very important. But, you know, even if you do all of the things right inside the gym and take every single part of the class serious, you can still be doing a lot of things outside the gym and modern lifestyle, um, is really sets us up to be more injury prone as a society, just because of the way that we sit, we look forward when we drive, we look down at our, our iPhones all the time. We sit at a desk a lot and it just sets our body up to not be able to form functional movements well. And so being aware of what you're doing, uh, for the 23 hours outside of the gym and having some devoted time to, um, maybe move around and stretch a little bit, uh, when you're at work, if you know, you're gonna be sitting at a desk all day or when you get off the plane. Um, that's one of the first things I do if I've had a, pl a long play run is, is try to stretch my hips and hamstrings back out because they feel so tight. Um, and being aware of your body and how it feels is, is so important in that aspect as well. And then the last thing, and you've touched on it multiple times as the sleep aspect. Um, if you're sleeping five to six hours a night, you're going to, it's going to, it's going to be really hard for your body to recover and your, your muscles and everything are going to be broken down a lot more and you're going to be a lot more likely to get injured. And so being aware of how much you're sleeping and trying to maybe turn the Netflix off a little bit earlier at night or trying to take a, a, a power nap at some point during the day, if you can, um, all those things add up to, um, they're all pieces of the puzzle that, um, add up to something that either you're going to be able to continue your workout routine for a really long time because you're checking all the boxes or you're heading down a path that eventually you will start having some pain. Um, or you might have a pain, pain a lot of the times. And so if you can kind of be aware of all those different types of things, you can really, really, uh, have a big impact on it one way or the other. So, um, you got anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap up this segment on pain, Caleb? No, I just, I, I like that we ended on the sleep side of it because that's something that you just would not think is a direct correlation to injury and pain. But if you are finding that you're in pain, it's not necessarily injury, but it's, it's chronic inflammation. Um, the one process that your body does when to, to repair that is, is done when you're sleeping. And so, uh, just trying to get extra rest and resting, um, is, you know, oftentimes people try to double down on, on maybe, you know, exercise or do something extra to try to make up for the fact they're in pain, things like that. Just go through your normal, maybe take an extra rest day, you know, and just let your body, allow your body to heal and allow your body to get rid of that inflammation that is, um, that's potentially causing pain you know, in, in your joint. And another thing I'll just note is oftentimes people are amazed at where you feel pain doesn't mean that that's a spot that you need to work on. And so finding that upstream, downstream, talking to your coach and kind of educating yourself on how most of the time the muscle that you're working on is, is, you know, six, eight inches from where your pain source is. That's another thing that kind of is very insightful for people. And so, um, you know, educate yourself on that so that you can help, uh, so you can actually find what you need to be working on to get into step one. That's, that's, that's a great way to finish too, especially if you're a Coyote member. Um, this is something that we talk to our coaches about all the time and always trying to inform and teach them. So they are fully equipped to be able to help people in pain. So 
If you are having some pain, don't keep it to yourself. Go talk to your coach as soon as possible. Don't let it linger. Don't wait a month or two months or three months. Go talk to your coach as soon as you start feeling something and just say, hey, you know, I woke up this morning, my shoulder is feeling a little funky. Any idea what, what could have caused that? And you can you can nip it in the bud really quickly as opposed to letting it hang around for a long period of time. So talk to your coaches. That's what they're there for. They are trained for that, and they're going to be able to help you. And if they're not, they, they will reach out to me, and I'll – try to talk to them or they'll reach out to Caleb and we can try to figure out what's going on. I love having those conversations. I have, I have multiple conversations like that this week of figuring out what could possibly be causing the pain and, and, uh, finding a solution for them. And so, um, that kind of stuff is really fun for me because I, I was one that struggled with pain for a great majority of my athletic career. And now I'm, you know, looking back on it, there's so many things that I could have done, um, better to help myself get out of pain, um, as opposed to, you know, just kind of thinking that's, that's the way of life. If you play sports, you're going to be in pain. So I'm realizing now that that's not the case. It's just learning how to take care of your body. And so, uh, we'll just finish by saying, if you are in pain, if you're, if you're not sure what to do, go talk to a coach. Um, if you're a coyote member, if not, hopefully you have a coach that, uh, you trust that can help you, um, with that because, a lot of times there's something that we can do and, and knock it out in, in three or four days. And, um, it's always fun for somebody who's been pain for a really long time to be able to get out of pain in three or four days because of one or two things they did. So very, very good discussion. Um, the difference between pain and injury, um, is very important and being aware of your body is of the utmost importance if you're going to be in the health and fitness routine. So let's move on to the next segment outside the box. So, uh, Caleb, dad corner dad update how's the dad life uh, parent corner bill simmons parent corner shout out yeah um i learned that we were folding the diaper wrong a little bit and so pee was leaking onto everything mm. um we got the shooting pee you know we're, we're trying to develop some strategies <laughs> with that strong uh, stream strong stream yep well you gotta be proud um, of your there you go wells that. yeah you man he's he's representing well <laughs> uh yeah parent corner no it's a uh, it's a lot of learning i think there there legitimately has been probably five or six just kind of a an ultimate freak out moment of i'm never gonna have a moment to choose what i want to do again like it is just always there's something and then the worry, but every day it gets easier and every day you adapt to it and you stop stressing quite as much. You realize it's going to be okay. And then what I love seriously, like is talking to people about who've been through this before. It's why in every area of your life, you have to spend time with people who've been through what you're going through before, because it can make all the difference in the world for someone to tell you like, oh, I remember going through that. It was so scary or saying, oh, we went to the pediatrician every two days because we, were, we thought something was wrong. And what you're going through is not normal. You're not the only one. But at night, uh, new parents out there, night is like a scary time because they get a little bit cranky and it's dark outside you feel like you're all alone in the world and so we've had so many people reach out and we've been able to reach out to a lot of people and it helped us kind of have some peace of mind so um just get ready for it the the sun going down is when it gets real um that but, man that's awesome i was i was so glad to meet wells and get to hold him and uh he looks uh, a little bit like his daddy and so uh look forward super to muscular very toned <laughs> very defined no roles already snatching yeah. already snatching barbell uh no uh man i'm excited to watch him grow up and we are shooting these episodes a little bit earlier than normal to get some in the bank because uh we are expecting that uh we will have our girls probably within the next week or so and so we're very excited 
about that. Been doing some last-minute uh, preparations with the house, and Claire's been doing some nesting, as she calls it. And, um, you know, every day I come home, and there's it seemed I thought we were done, and there's like <laughs> ten other things we got to do. And so um, it's it's been fun, and um, I'm just we're we're both so excited, and really starting to think about. Uh, can't wait to see them and see what they look like and um it's really dawning on us both like you said that uh our lives are about to change forever and we're talking about this might be our last weekend with just the two of us for the rest of our lives and that's an exciting thought and also a terrifying thought at the same time we were watching tv and i remember i looked over at sarah and i was like this is like the last night where we're just sitting here like what do you want to watch let's watch this show (laughs) you know and now it's like we're just exhausted by the end of the day and And it's it's funny because i was having i've I've had a couple conversations with a couple of parents recently uh who all of a sudden they're empty nesters because their kids are off at college and they're like it's the first time in like 20 years that we're like what do you want to do this weekend they're like i don't know what do you want to do and so uh that's uh we got a long time of uh, (laughs) not not being able to plan our own weekends but man i i'm I'm really looking forward to it well you got anything to recommend before we wrap it up i've spent a lot of time with wells just hanging out and when you're rocking a baby and trying to get them to calm down it's hard to be on you're not on your phone you're not you know watching a show or doing things but one thing that we have done is i've just set my phone up and we've just listened to music some he likes you know that's easy we, we rock Beethoven, mozart or what no we we just uh definitely not zach bryan that's for <laughs> dang sure oh gosh. um dagger, so, dagger. uh little taylor swift we've been uh no we've been just trying to find music and trying to find just different playlists to listen to but i realized that like music is something we really like do when we're doing something working out we're in the car but rarely do we listen to music when we're not doing anything at all and it's kind of a fun thing and i think that uh that's one thing i've actually enjoyed is just sitting listening to music and i'm like that's why this was a thing that's why records were a thing that used to be an activity that people did was go and sit and just like watch people perform i know we do that now with concerts but that's more of a social type thing but uh anyway if you haven't in a while you know pour yourself a drink, sit in a rocking chair and like listen to music. It's kind of a fun and peaceful thing. And I felt super relaxed after. So, uh, take some time and bring back music without another activity going on. And it can really help. Uh, it's a peaceful thing. Um, in a world where we're just like constantly being pulled with, um, with adrenaline and, and, you know, it, it pour yourself a, a tall sparkling water, uh, sparkling water, yeah, yeah. a little squeeze of flavor in there. Sonic, Claire, and, Sonic Cla- ice. Claire and I have been talking a lot about what kind of music we want our, uh, our girls to listen to. And so that's, that's been really fun. That's something we've, we've talked about a lot and, um, getting speakers to play at the house and all that type of stuff is really fun. Um, my recommend is a documentary on Netflix called wrestlers. And it is about a, a uh, professional wrestling organization called the Ohio Valley Wrestling thing. If you've watched, I talked about a TV show called uh, Heels, um, which is a fictional show, but it's kind of like that. But it's about uh, a real wrestling show uh, uh, place in, in in Kentucky, and it's run by. Did you ever watch WWE? WWE Kayla back in the day. Sure did. Do you remember the wrestler that ha- he had the head? He had like the fake mannequin head, Al Snow. I don't. So Al Snow is a wrestler, um, and he and he had this uh, fake mannequin that he would bring out called Head. And um, anyways, he was a big big wrestler in the in the '90s and early 2000s. Well, he he's the he runs this organization, and um, it just got bought by a couple uh, local businessmen, and it it follows them for like kind of like a year of trying to grow the 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 um, the business. It's it's really 
fascinating. I didn't expect a lot from it, but I was really into it from the beginning, and so was Claire. It was a really good show, a really good documentary. You really cared about the wrestlers and really got to learn a lot about the ins and outs of it, and uh, it was it was just a really, really well-done documentary. So if, if you if you like anything like that, if you ever watch wrestling or anything like that in the past, check it out, Wrestlers on Netflix. It was uh, It was a good one. Man, I remember when I used to watch TV. <laughs> oh, here we go. Already started. All right. Uh, that's it for this week. We will uh, catch you next time. Silky smooth sounds.